son. If you're listening, I'm dead. But uh, I left you this podcast. You'll be all right. Just pretend that I went out for smokes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Out for Smokes. We are on camera once again. We never wanted to be on camera, um, just to let you know, but we have to be on camera, so we're trying to figure this whole thing out. I mean, you know, as you all know, I have I have the worst body on planet Earth, and uh, and uh, Sean, it's not getting people, better. I, you always think it's body? getting better, and then it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. But if you give me like two weeks, I'll get it. Oh I'll no, I believe shape. you. But yeah. what I what I mean by that is, then third week happens, and you know, you're back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you um you gave yourself a haircut. <laughs> Why don't you show the listeners? <laughs> I cut my own fucking hair. Why don't you show the listeners your 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 haircut? I've been in a bit of a mood lately, uh-huh. and uh, Khalees was like, "Hey, why don't you cut your hair?" Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you buzz your head? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Why don't I?" Now, and why did she say that? Because you were just running in circles around the house, like yeah. And I was talking a lot, probably. And she's yeah. like, "You should do. You should take some of that Britney Spears energy." And uh-huh. uh, um, no, I don't know why. I forget what it was. I think she remembered uh, that she finds me attractive with short hair, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we weren't fighting, yeah. but uh, we're very silly together. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you find me attractive. Mm. You find me more attractive with short hair." And then I walk into the bathroom mm-hmm. and. Five minutes later, walked out like this. And mm-hmm. She laughed, and it was worth the bit. Yeah, and I like it. I feel free. Yeah, I think it looks. I still kind of cut a little bit of the back. There's like long strands. Uh-huh. She said she was gonna get it for me, but she hasn't yet. Yeah, We're procrastinators. Yeah. Well, we could talk about our bodies all day, gents, but yes, we uh, could. We can't because it is. Uh, it's Black History Month. It's Black History Month. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Black History Month, uh, Mayor, shout out to Mayor Eric Adams of New York City. Uh, Scott and I were driving over here, and he was like, he was like, yeah, I bet you can't. Like the average, uh, the average person doesn't know who the mayor is. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> Mike always goes too far. I said so. There were some homeless guys, and then I, uh, you know, and then Mike said, "Oh, fucking Eric Adams," you know. And then I said, "We should interview homeless people about Eric Adams." And then I said, I bet you some of them wouldn't even know who the fuck he was. Yeah. And then he's like, I disagree, right? And I go, what, what is even that? Of course, something. And I go, there's people in apartments that don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, no. So then I called DeVito, and DeVito and immediately so Scott was like, like the Scott, average person. He was like, the average person doesn't know who the mayor no, is. No, I didn't mean said. that. I didn't say the average person. So he was like, he was like, let's call someone from our phone. And we called Anthony DeVito. And Scott immediately. Goes, I was Anthony, like, you have to answer this question quickly. <laughs> And the show is always going to go how, like, like whatever new snack Scott tried this week, like, that's how the show is going to go. It seems like this week it's a, it's a new sugary snack, so he's a little bit hyper. <laughs> but uh, No, I'm not hyper today. No? No, I was, I was a problem for, uh, for the beginning of the year, I think. Yeah? Hmm. Yeah, because Wrestle Kingdom is the beginning of the year, and uh-huh. I got a puppy. Wrestle Kingdom is this Japanese wrestling show, and... Um, and you got to stay up late for it. Yeah. And so when I got the puppy, I was like, I'll take nights mm-hmm. because I want to watch Wrestle Kingdom, which I knew was coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. So I've been like up nights, but then also up in the day. And so I've just been awake. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, I even think maybe on the Patreon, I was like, no, I feel good. Like I'm, I'm not really sleeping, but it feels great because it was feeling great. Yeah. And that's not good, though. Yeah. Turns out that it's actually bad if it feels great and you're not sleeping. Yeah. So I crashed a little. Mike and Scott were late getting over here and Mike said that it was because he was getting Lunchables for Scott and I thought he was making fun of him but now he just actually got a bunch of Lunchables. <laughs> yeah, I got a Lunchables. Well, I didn't want to go to like a real deli because I thought we were rushing so I went to C-Town, right? Yeah. So I grab a Lunchables because I assume like their deli doesn't work, right? Then I see a bunch of bread and a deli. So I grab the bread and I go, hey, here, I'll have and they go, oh no, we don't make sandwiches. So he's like holding this loaf of bread with his bare fingers. With my bare hands. And he goes so to put it. So then I go to put it back, goes, and then Mike goes, goes it, and it's a, it's a he goes big loaf put, of bread. He goes to put it Sean. back in the bin. He goes to put it back in the bin. We're the only yeah. white guys in this store, by the way. Who gives a shit? We're, we're some we of the only like, people in there, and they have deli meat, Sean. Yeah. And they mm. don't make sandwich. They have deli meats. They have bread. They will not make a sandwich for you. Hmm. What yeah. is even that? I don't know. So I go, fine, I'm putting it back because I'm not just going to buy but, a piece but, of bread. And then Mike the gets all back. nervous. He goes, you got to buy the bread. You had, you had to buy the bread. He goes, you got to buy the bread. 
because that's nervous energy. You, I don't gotta buy the bread. Putting, putting the. I don't want. I don't want to start this episode with a fight. I really don't. <laughs> putting the bed bracket but is a disservice to the putting, community. Putting the it's bread, a fucking disservice to not go. Yeah, I'll make you a sandwich. You we touched. are a deli. Sure. But putting the bread back that you touch with your bare... If you had the tissue paper, it would have been a different story. You could have put it back. No. But anyway, uh, it's Black History Month, folks. And uh, so I want to ask you guys... Oh, anyway, I bought the bread, though. And then yeah. I ate it down the street and then placed oh, it on the did? ground. Yeah, you saw me biting into it. pieces of it. Yeah. Oh, I was chewing it down the street. This oh. big piece of bread. Yeah. Nice. And even when I was paying for it... Well, the you la- made some pigeons very happy. The lady goes, is that from here? Because I was just holding it. <laughs> yeah, and I go, yeah. this. She goes, is that from here? Yeah. I go, yeah. <laughs> she thought I walked in with trying a to, like, big explain, piece Trying of to like, explain yourself to like a Dominican teenager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who already hates you? <laughs> <laughs> I bought a Lunchables and a giant loaf of bread. Yeah. Um, but today we are mainly talking about Malcolm X. Yeah. A guy who a lot of people said for most of his short life uh, thought that they needed to be violent in order to change anything. Sure. Or that they could not sit back and let violence happen on that. I think that's like the real, because, you know, growing up as a kid, it was like he wanted black people to murder white people. That's yeah, what it yeah. sounded like to yeah, my yeah, ears, yeah. you know? Right. But the truth is, he's can, like, can he you tell that uh, Scott's father was a police officer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was. Daddy, can you teach me about Malcolm X? No, I even remember in school, um, a, yeah. a, a black guy came into my high school. Uh-huh. And I don't know if he knew Malcolm or, you know, you know how black guys are. They're like, he was my, he's my cousin. And you just cause, you know, he, li- he lived sure. on your fucking block or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, I knew Malcolm X. But the whole thing was just explaining to this white lunchroom that like, hey, at the end though, he liked you guys. And yeah, it's like, yeah. but that's not even the story. Like, tell us the story. Yeah. But it is really hard to tell white people the story mm-hmm. because they get so defensive. Because I think right. most people, when they think of Malcolm X, they think of kill whitey, which yeah. it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Entirely. It, yeah. Well, it definitely was for a little bit. But you know, you talk about but, why he was. But it was, was in in response, and I don't I don't just mean like in response. Like like he's literally saying if if something is going on mm-hmm. then we have to do something sure yeah yeah he's like there's no point in just and something was going on yeah yeah and then you you realize like when you look back at his just a little background information on the guy you know he's like he's from michigan and his father was his father was run over by a streetcar by a streetcar not an accident either they fucked him up yeah the yeah. white well who are they they were like a it was a kind white. of like an extension, like a democratic extension of the KKK or yeah, something. Yeah, like a KKK-affiliated organization. For like Democrats or something. I think they were called like Black Legion yeah, or something. Yeah, and they just yeah. had black cloaks. It was, yeah. it's like, you know when the Mighty Morphin became like uh, Safari Rangers or whatever? Yeah, you know, Like, yeah, all right, yeah. I guess for newer kids, but whatever. Right. That's what it was. Like, this kind of sucks. Yeah, they were yeah. like, we're black, we kid you know, I yeah. mean, they killed Malcolm X's dad. That's impressive enough. But. Right. Rest right. of the series sucked. You're saying you're you're like a fan of the KKK the, the way you're a fan of Power Rangers. No, right. no, no. I'm just saying the iterations of the clan yeah. in terms of no, costume, you don't really you right. Go, what are you doing? Right, just you don't stick really with he- what they're doing. You don't really hear much about them. Well, it, I, yeah, I think there's just like a broad the clan, mm-hmm. and you don't realize like the clan had issues and broke off into like actually we're the liberal clan, you know? And it's like what you are, yeah. and so they were like. We wear this color. Did you read somewhere that they were the liberal clan? They're the more liberal. Yeah, I've read that somewhere. Yeah, Uh yeah, okay. Yeah, I used to. I I literally. I know. I said I haven't read a lot of things. I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Yeah, it's great. The end of high school. Yeah. Yeah. And I told you, and I read you read the, the book, or you? Cause no, I the, read the book. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was I looking for because I put highlighters in it. I was like, oh, I wonder what my brain thought at the time to highlight. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. probably just like the uh, just, the co-author, or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep just, calling him Alan Havy, but that's a comic, right? It's Alex Haley. Is that the guy who helped yeah. him write it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Alan Havy is a comic. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's right. Now we know. That's right. <laughs> it's funny how Scott shares his like mental thought processes of how he gets to things. He's like, so like red means stop and green means go, right? Because I because I always think that I always think the light's going to change purple for a second. Um, yeah, well, it's like at some point humanity invented the ability to like read words on a paper without reading them out loud, and Scott uh, has never invented that. <laughs> He's still functioning like humans like seventy thousand years ago. Yeah, <laughs> just reading things out loud like a first grader. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, so yeah, so his dad, so his father was an activist for, uh, he worked for, I guess he, he 
worked under Marcus Garvey's. Uh, but that's that's funny because his dad was uh, the worked for Marcus Garvey, who was a go back to Africa guy. But they still ran him over with a streetcar, which is pretty fucked up. Hmm. Um, and I would highly recommend the audiobook of uh, the Malcolm X autobiography because it's narrated by Lawrence Fishburne. Hmm. Um, so it's do they make cool. a streetcar noise? Do they add like sound effects? They don't. No. There's no sound effects. No, <laughs> okay. it's not like an NPR podcast yeah, or no. something. Yeah. The guy who does yeah. sound effects for the for the Malcolm X movie. Yeah, <laughs> you ever <laughs> see the videos really of the sound effects people? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> Malcolm X dagger. He's, right? he's just going like ding 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All Flop. aboard! <laughs> Hey, buddy, get out of the road. I can't stop. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. Yeah. They, uh, they really sex it up. They had, uh, they have Jenna Jameson come in and do moans when he's talking about sleeping with white women. <laughs> like pornify. Oh, that's one of my favorite Autobiography <laughs> of Malcolm X. One of the best things about Malcolm X is, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., they really want to get on him about sleeping with women. Yeah. And Malcolm X slept with all these uh, women. Yeah. But it was like it was the it was all of their wives or something. Like, they couldn't even yeah, say anything yeah, about yeah. it. He, like, yeah. fucked all these white ladies. Uh-huh. So there's no attempt at all of, yeah. like, you're, you know, uh-huh. we're going to get you. Yeah. Everyone knew. Let's let's get to that in a little bit. I just want to talk a little bit about his sort of like, uh, yeah, his early life because his father was killed. And then I think he goes and moves to Boston because he had family in Boston. And then he starts. And that's what made him hate white people. <laughs> Probably. Like, yeah, it was that version. Being just, around Boston uh, white residents will really yeah. be like, there is no peaceful solution. They were like, hey, Malcolm, are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said that about Bill Burr. They said Bill Burr is the the greatest guy to overcome living in Boston or something like like being from Boston. Oh, <laughs> he's 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 overcome <laughs> being from Boston. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so he moves to Boston, and then what the 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 if if there is one thing that I remembered about the book. It's that he talks about like how he starts kind of picking up odd jobs and he would sell. He moved to Boston, then he moved to New York because he kind of felt like he hit his ceiling in uh, in Boston. Um, and uh, so he goes to New York, but he, start, he starts like selling snacks and stuff on the Metro North. And and uh, he says he says in the book that everything in life is a hustle. Um, and so what I kind of like about that is he's sort of the opposite of an academic, you know, he was somebody who just kind of had to make his way in the world. Um, yeah, they say, you know, there's the, it's probably not true, but that he read every single book in the library when he was in jail and they like brought in more books, which that's, there's no way that's inventing. There's not possible. Bring more books for this fucking guy. Oh, right. Why would they do that? So you're saying Malcolm X is a liar. No, I'm saying I highly doubt he's like, I've read all of your books. Uh-huh. And they were like, we, we're going to bring in more. Maybe yeah. it's possible, Maybe. I guess. There's probably not that many in a prison library. God damn it. All yeah. right, whatever. But anyways, I'm just imagining... Wow, uh, you are 0 for 2 today on statements. Damn. You, you said... Scott said nobody knows who the I mayor didn't say is. That. And there's I didn't lots say of that. books in a prison library. Damn. <laughs> That's all right. I'm, um, just, uh, I'm just imagining Mike reading that, uh, that Malcolm X line about how everything in life is a hustle. And then just like... Making pasta sauce in the Creek and Cave kitchen and thinking I'm just like Malcolm X. Yeah, I am. I know it's it, 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 life is because podcasting's a hustle too. That's right. You know, you, you know? guys wouldn't believe how hard it was for me to sync up some video and audio today. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a grind, and no one's going to do it for you. Well, he yeah. also grew up around a lot of not uh, your co-host, not your, <laughs> not your <laughs> wife. <laughs> and look, sometimes you have to hustle the audience. Sometimes you just have sometimes. to ramble about nothing sometimes, for ten minutes right. before you get to the subject of right, the actual right, episode. Right. And we're a lot like Malcolm X in a way where we need your money. So if you could go to Patreon.com/slash. Out for Smokes Pod, you would get a free bonus episode every week. We're just trying to be like Malcolm X and uh, and hustle. And if, if you're if you're listening to the show for free, shame on you. Yeah, turn it yeah. off. Yeah, why don't you uh, kill yourself right now? You deserve yourself. ten minutes of Lunchables <laughs> discussion. <laughs> I know it's not related to the subject of the no. episode, but look, we have. To I know we couldn't we something. couldn't do anything with it, but oh, I believe when yeah. Malcolm 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 mostly grew up around white kids, right? And should we? I'm sorry. Should we stop doing intros like that? I just like I want to do a casual. No, intro, usually it's pretty good. I think yeah. you know. We maybe went too long today, but it's sometimes it's like you know I have that complaint with podcasts too. It's like this episode's Malcolm X, and then people are going to be like, mm-hmm. oh what. 
they take too long. Oh, People did subject. that with my mafia podcast a lot. They go, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm here to learn." <laughs> You'll be educated. Yeah, I think like five or ten minutes at the top is fine, but you know, All some right. weeks we, we have it, some weeks we don't. Yeah, we did about eight. That's okay. I, I like to think of Malcolm X as a like a young Sheldon when he was a child. And uh, why is that? Apparently, he was like brilliant. Uh, he grew up around all these little white kids. I also pretend that he had those big glasses then. I don't know if he did, and that he wore bow ties and stuff like mm-hmm. he did a, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also, I don't know if this is him just joking in jail and shit, but he has said to people that he blames white people for not knowing how to dance, and he thinks it like... He said that? Yeah, and it like disconnected him a little bit from his culture. Wait, no, he did say it in the book, right? Because he said that like, he said that like dancing, he says something in the book about dancing is your body moving the way your instincts tell you to move. Uh, yeah, I guess. Your well, body he really hated white people is, for, or, you know, maybe he would use it as an analogy that, like... I could see that, though. You, like, watch white people dance, and you're like, these mm-hmm. are demons created by Yakub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a really. mad scientist yeah, made really. these people yeah, in a really. laboratory. <laughs> slide <laughs> to the left. <laughs> slide to the right. But, you know, I think he was, like, a teacher's All pet, and it was a white die. teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Teacher's pet, white teacher... What do you mean? Like he was a teacher's pet, and it was a white teacher and stuff. You oh, know? he was. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. He, you know, he like was around white people growing up. Mm. Did not know that. Yeah, Malcolm yeah. X is a lot like Young Sheldon. If you read his ballot in the bullet speech, he says the words "bazinga" a bunch. Of <laughs> 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 Fuck Whitey, bazinga. <laughs> that was the original script of Young Sheldon. <laughs> it was just him being like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, fuck Whitey." Um. But so then he goes to New York and he starts like uh, he starts committing crimes. So he's, I guess, like me in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, you know, he <laughs> also shoplifted from Whole Foods living outside the law a little bit. <laughs> um, but one of the funny things about uh, one of the things that I remember from the book is that uh, they use so they would they would start they would like rob people's houses and he would use white women to like go in and sort of case the joint. They would pose as salespeople or whatever. And um, they would, they'd be like, oh yeah, this is nice. And they'd like start conversation. Then they would know like when they were not home and what kind of security system they had and stuff like that. Um, And then he said that when he, when he uh, got arrested for that and when he was being convicted, the judges were like so mad at him that he was corrupting these beautiful young white women. And I think you kind of see that throughout history. Like, your 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 position as a as a white guy is like you do sort of have to accept that you're kind of a you're kind of a a little worm, you know, in the big picture of life. Like like you'll never be as funny as you'll never be as funny as black guys. You'll never be as cool as them. You'll never be as good of an athlete. And you have to kind of like sort of accept that and figure out kind of your place. In the world, you have to accept that you're always going to be Larry Bird, you know, John Stockton, great basketball players, <laughs> if I may say so myself. But, um, but you know, like, because aren't there stories about settler, like white settler women running away with Indians? And everybody was like, they kidnapped our wives. And the, the white, the white women were just like, yeah, we just, now nah, we just like this way of life better. Yeah, it happens. Now it's a minority of cases, but yes. Yeah. So I think that it's it's that's it's tough to see. Why uh, couldn't you answer me about the homeless thing with the Eric Adams thing like that? Say, yeah, mean? of course, some people don't know who Eric Adams is, but it's not the majority. Because you said the majority of people don't know who the mayor <laughs> I, I is. I didn't say that. But I, but I guess I feel like we don't always give the homeless enough credit. Like a lot of them are aware of what's happening and they, sure. they know I who agree. the mayor Can is. Can we yeah. clip Mike doing anyway. the anti-white speech and then send it to Nick DiPaolo? Check out this New York <laughs> libtard, Mike Racine. He says white people you know, are like worms. Fucking, they fucking self-hating. Uh, yeah. No, but it is it is kind of true. Well, it's kind of true. That, that, that white people are worms. That white people are worms, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, some white people, yeah. I don't know. Look at look at me and look at Kevin Barnett, R.I.P. I mean... Well, one one is definitely more involved with worms currently, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. I love you. <laughs> no, but it's almost like now I don't have to worry about him stealing my wife. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's so stupid. When I found out that he died, I was like, all right, good. Stupid. You know? 
I mean, very, you know, good looking guy, funny, um, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I'm just saying like, sometimes you, you have to, you have to be honest with yourself and admit that black guys are are better than you in many ways. (laughs) For sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's just all. That's just the point I'm trying to make. I can't. I, we got to post this now so I can read the Patreon comments. (laughs) Just about oh, Mike man. specifically. Why? Oh, just because you know. We, well, there's a few racists who send us money. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I don't no know. I, you know what? Well, actually, thanks, but you know actually, what? what? You know no, what? Nobody who pays us money is a racist. I'm yeah. not going to say that. I would. Yeah, I have apologies. No yeah, yeah. No, we have no racists, but there are occasionally the Mike is a libtard or Mike. Uh, that's is a, okay. You know, but if you're a racist and you want to be the first racist <laughs> on our Patreon. Please go to patreon.com slash outforsmokespod. We would love to have you as a member. And uh, yeah, now let's get back to the show. Um, so yeah, those those were just some of my takeaways in the book about his about his general, um, his, you know, his early life. And then, yeah, so he goes to prison and then he starts uh, reading a lot of books. <laughs> Elijah Muhammad, who he's a he's a he's a prophet. Yeah. In, the, in which way? Because a prophet, you have to perform a miracle, no? Well, you could say that you're the prophet of Allah. Oh, like, you can just say he that. Says, he says he's agree. the successor to Muhammad, which was considered blasphemy by most mainstream Muslims, but it became the nation of Islam. Okay, okay. <clears throat> yeah, so he was the leader of the. Yeah, I'm sitting here going Islam. like Christianity recognized him as a prophet. <laughs> Fucking idiot. No, he mm. just said, I'm a prophet. And, yeah. yeah. Mike yeah. sitting Benjamin down like, son, I'm sorry that you're full worm. I tried to have sex with a black woman. <laughs> I tried to give you half of a spirit, but instead you're a Yakubian I who cannot dance. Mother, I asked your mother if she wanted to get cocked, and she said no. I don't know what her problem is. <laughs> son, we used to drive out to East New York, and I'd say, what about that one? What about that one? Son, we were trying. <laughs> your mother was seeing Kevin Barnett the entire time. We, I was trying to get her pregnant, but... I guess we just missed the window, you know. <laughs> it doesn't always work out. Ah man, Kevin would just uh like a like the like the big black panther that he is, he would pin her down and just just go to town. Oh, I wish you could I wish you could have seen this guy fuck at his prime. <laughs> Um, there is like you know this episode once again dedicated to Kevin Barnett. My son's middle name is Barnett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a good guy. I miss him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there is like I mean, this is not a novel observation, but there is mm. sort of like a level of let's say liberal fascination with black people that does very quickly approach and become racism. Where sure. It's like you think it's not like us though. We're cool. Black We're... people are magic or whatever. Sure. Sure. Yeah, we don't have a black guest on to talk about Malcolm X, not because we don't have black friends, but because we're too unorganized to yeah. figure out a guest. No, actually, we, we booked one. They're running five hours late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Malcolm was in New York. Is that where we were? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Malcolm so comes to New York. Malcolm was in New York the whole time. You can go visit, I mean, you know, Harlem and everything, and where he was shot. Am, yeah. I, am I spoiling anything? Where no, are we now? So. How old is, is he at this point? Well, so so at, so he joins the Nation of Islam, and then he starts... Uh, in prison, yeah. In, in prison, yeah. But then he... I, so I think... But he was very, he was very like, well-read, and he, he was always... He would always be able to sort of debate, like, anybody. He, he, he felt he was very confident in his speaking abilities, and he was a very knowledgeable guy. And um, so I guess he he rose pretty high in the uh, in the nation of Islam. There was some incident where there was a guy who was who was beaten by police and the police detained him, but they didn't give him any medical care. And I think there were like twenty six hundred people or something that marched down to the police station. I think it was the the twenty third precinct in a I don't know what's some precinct. Yeah, twenty eighth precinct. This is. um this is a story from the the essay "The Murder and Martyrdom of Malcolm X" yeah. by James W. Go ahead Douglas. And take this away for us. He was the guy who wrote the uh, the book JFK and the Unspeakable, which I recommend a lot. But um, we'll we'll link this essay in the uh, in the description if you want to read. But the basic story is that April 1957 in Harlem, as Mike mentioned, a guy was beaten and he was taken into police custody, and they wouldn't release him for medical attention. So Malcolm shows up with like a crowd of 2,600 people. 
and demands the police take him for medical attention, and they do. And then Malcolm, with a wave of his hand, just disperses the whole crowd. Right. And they were very like the thing with the Nation of Islam is they were very. I mean, they didn't. They were very disciplined. They didn't. Uh, they didn't drink or or. I mean, they were very like strict Muslims, and they were well dressed, so you couldn't really be like you couldn't really paint them as you know rioters or anything like that because they were very you know uh, uh, put together and well organized and yeah. well spoke I'm just kidding no when um, when Malcolm got out of prison he gave up drinking and smoking and the hardest vice of all fucking white women yeah yeah but then that's when his that, that, that's when things really clicked for him that's when he started seeing the world clearly because he wasn't into another level yeah he wasn't he wasn't walking someone's dog at fucking two in the morning <laughs> That she, that he never agreed to get. <laughs> he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't shit. getting dirty looks at Whole Foods because because <laughs> his girlfriend had her fucking corgi in the in the store <laughs> where they don't belong. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't being forced to have arguments with managers at Target anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Over like how they need an exception to the return policy. <laughs> he wasn't just just standing there like adult, <laughs> being like, "Oh, please, can we just." Can we just get this over with? But anyway, so yeah, so they, they gave the guy the medical attention. The guy was beaten by the cops, and yeah, he waves his hand, and they all disperse. So they're like, this guy is too powerful because he can... They're like, this guy can start or stop a riot. Yeah, there was actually a police inspector was quoted uh, as saying, quote, no man should have that much power yeah. after he witnessed that. And that was 1957. Yeah, and then Kanye West said, no one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking. I can't stop the hour. Remember oh, that? Is that what that's a reference to? Yeah. But no, but, you know, you life know. and yeah. it's it's cyclical. Right, Sean? Right. Yeah. And it repeats itself. And he is Malcolm. You know, he is, what did he say? Disney. He is Walt Disney. You don't remember that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, the when Kanye said that, that's when the FBI was like, "Send Julia Fox." <laughs> <laughs> she speaks so she's alien, the one who, man. Yeah, she's the one who put all those ideas in his head about mm. the yeah. <laughs> she was like, "So, uh, Kanye, I want to share a couple ideas that I have." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the FBI said, "Send Julia Fox." Yeah, that's um, what they do. They send a white woman. The other thing, too, was that because you, so you kind of have to understand the way kind of the world was uh, being, I guess, sort of organized, right, by the intelligence communities, because he was also meeting with a lot of like war, like foreign leaders. I, I So I didn't know this about him, but he met with uh, Sukarno from Indonesia, hmm. the, the center left president that the CIA wanted gone. I'm sure he met with Castro a couple of times. He met yeah, with he met everybody. He met with the clan. Yeah. He met with the clan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he met with the clan because, you know, earlier on, I guess. And also he was it was like immediate. You're right. He is like a freak genius. That's the only way I yeah. can I can describe yeah, it. He's yeah. like and I think he's a better speaker than almost anybody. I don't know who's like better than Malcolm X at speaking because mm. most people when they speak like they use fluffy shit and yeah. he's like the only one who ever all of it is like honest you know most what I'm people saying? when they speak they do an eight minute intro about about yeah and, uh, no but like you know martin luther <laughs> king it's like it's you have to speak fluffy because what you're selling is kind of fucking bullshit almost you know mm. it's like yeah it's like let's it it seems when you look back at it and you know what's actually going on right yeah. and you're not yeah, a little yeah. kid learning about it anymore uh-huh, uh-huh. You go, oh, Malcolm is just he, responding. Right. And Martin is kind of talking like a children's right. author right it's now. Like, what the fuck do you That's mean, dude? Yeah. It's like, we're all shitting our pants, you yeah, know? Yeah. And Malcolm's like, if you own a house, you know, he says this thing, like, if your house is a mess, you should burn down your house, you know? And it's like right. saying that, like, you can't upkeep, like, you can't keep up your own fucking country. And so he talked with the Klan. Because, let me remember, oh, because he believed in segregation. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, you also believe in it. Let's mm-hmm. convince these motherfuckers mm-hmm. that it is a good thing. Because he mm-hmm. didn't trust white people and, you know. Yeah. He, he kind of wanted black people to be like Hasidic, who Hasidic Jews are. Right. Which it's like, let's take right. care of ourselves. And right. boy, we know they were right. It's not quite segregation. It's uh, a separate nation. He wanted okay, to, yeah. you know, so yeah. which yeah. had some buy-in on among white supremacists. Which the, the, the Nation of Islam still believes in this, which is the idea of creating a separate nation within the United States just for black people. Right. He wanted orthodox black people. 
<laughs> That's what I got out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is an orth what is an orthodox uh black person? <laughs> you know? Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> now let's riff this one out. <laughs> black history month, yeah. what could go wrong? Yeah. Well, just everybody's hoodie matches their sweatpants, I guess. Um, your, sne- your sneaker has to match your hat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Diddy is an Orthodox black person. Yeah, they have. Yeah. It's like the Orthodox, they dress from like, yeah, the 1920s or whatever. They all have to dress from like the 1990s Jordans or something. <laughs> yeah, starter jackets. <laughs> Do you guys know why he met with Castro and shit? Or, I mean, I know Castro he was like, yeah. he, that, he, he wasn't yeah. a communist, right? He wasn't a no, socialist. He kinda, yeah, he kind of was. I, I know he was interviewed by a lot of socialist magazines. But yeah, so he just was, yeah. Yeah, so I think what was happening at the time was, I mean, and Sean could probably explain this better than me, but there was sort of like this global kind of left movement. And so like people like Castro and all these other foreign people that the CIA wanted gone, like they were all a part of it. So when they came to America, like he was one of the people that they would meet with because he was a prominent sort of left okay, uh, okay. figure. So, so yeah, so to understand all this stuff, you kind of have to understand... I guess the way the world was in the in, in, right after World War II, mm. who yeah, was in this charge? This is the late fifties, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have to look at like who who was in who was in charge, what they believed in, and what they were trying to do. Um, and and it's just kind of a shame because it does seem like, and you can you can speak on this more than I can, but but it seems like after World War II, kind of the worst people were in charge. And they did a lot of bad stuff. We could have built a much nicer world. Yeah. But, uh, we no, didn't. I mean, you know, I think it all just kind of ended with Truman. And, and, you know, it was partly inevitable, you know, because what happened was America took over the empires, like the British Empire, the French Empire, Portuguese Empire, the Dutch Empire, the Japanese Empire. It was all just taken over by America, and those were made into client states. And, and then with, you know, Truman and the National Security Act. The forty-seven, forty-eight. Then you get the CIA, NSA, and essentially, you know, CIA was set up by mostly Wall Street lawyers, like right. Alan Dulles and those guys were just like white shoe lawyers for Wall Street banks. So it just becomes a global police arm for Wall Street and U.S. multinational investment. Yeah. So I guess they saw this as like a threat to their the way that they had the world set up. I mean, right. like. Because I feel like you have to be, you have to look at the systems and the the sort of the ideology that people had, you know. Because it's not, there weren't. I don't think there was like a, there wasn't like a like four or five people being like we have to. There were just ideas. There were just ideas about about race and and uh, race and class and gender that were kind of. I don't know, that, that people felt like they needed to preserve for some reason. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just about money and labor. And, I mean, that's the whole point of empire is, like, an empire, the British Empire, people make the point that it cost more than it took in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they exploited the shit out of India, but they still spent more maintaining it. And it's like, well, you're looking at it wrong. It's not total cost. It's the very elites of British society... They don't, they'll mm-hmm. spend as much of the working British people's taxpayer money as they want mm-hmm. to enrich themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's the exact same thing with the American empire where it's like it greatly enriches and has enriched the top, you know, particularly 10, 1%, you know, but it's, it costs so much, but it, 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 you're looking at it wrong. It's like they get, you know, cheap resources from overseas. They get cheap labor from overseas and then they get all that it's all paid for with the U.S. taxpayer's dollar. Right. Even if it doesn't, you know, make the average American better off. Right. Which is, like, debatable, but... Right. But do you think that people like J. Edgar Hoover kind of thought they were maybe doing something good, like they were preserving some kind of, I don't know, order in the world, or... By by what? Keeping, like, segregation? By keeping segregation like going, yeah. Oh, you wonder why... Like, because a lot of people did think, like, well, if you, well, if you don't segregate, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna like. The, yeah, the only thing I could think is like they're gonna the, teach jazz. To the our worry, kids. like, the, you know, th- that same, which you realize how bullshit it is. The worry of like legalizing weed, which mm-hmm. is like everything will be crazy for a few years until it 
gets figured out, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that fear of that crazy, but it's like, a, it wouldn't be crazy. But yeah. I guess some places it was crazy. And if you legalize sucked, weed, you know? grown men will shave their own heads and buy Lunchables. <laughs> 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 Listen, I wanted to buy a sandwich. A 33-year-old. <laughs> they put their hands all over st- the bread make me a sandwich. <laughs> at the supermarket. Yeah. Pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, what are the odds they don't make sandwiches at that deli? Ridiculous, they just, dude. The guy just didn't feel it. He just didn't like your haircut. It's a, it's a human. It's a, the, oh, that's what I love. Okay, so Malcolm also like he he wanted to go to the UN about, you know, he didn't think it was like oh this is a civil rights issue where we should be talking to the United States about it. Like, it's like no, this is a problem. You're you're not letting people be people mm-hmm. here, and mm-hmm. so we need to contact another place that is more rational and can look at this better because you're the oppressor and you're going to analyze it and he's right what why the fuck was the united states allowed to try to figure it out like other countries someone should have i mean the un should have stepped there whoever was you know i don't know yeah who did what at the time yeah but it's like a, a an, an enormous human rights violation um, for other countries to not step in, or I, I don't know if other countries had words, or I'm sure there were other countries, you know, doing shitty things too, and, and there still are. But yeah, I, th- I think another country should have interfered, um, at least like in a diplomatic way, you know, like hello. I'm not saying oh, you drop a bomb on a con- with on with a- like domestic stuff over here. Yeah, I think I think more people right. should have come over here, um, kind of. Hey, what the fuck is that about? Mm-hmm. Even though I know there are problems everywhere, uh, mm-hmm. the fact that Malcolm did want to go to the UN for that shows that it was a possibility. Yeah. So you're saying Wakanda should have done something about it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm saying something should have happened. Whoever was doing things at the time. Yeah, I've just never heard of anybody stepping up to America. I mean, was Russia? Because now Russia was also terrible. The Jews after the war is that somehow even possible? Yeah, I mean they were though, right? There was Stalin became convinced that like Jewish doctors were trying to poison him and stuff. Okay, yeah. So like, they were just dealing with that because I know I, I, all I remember. What uh, poison? What are you talking about? Is that the the way that people wanted the UN to interfere with uh, Russia and the way they treated Jews was how oh. Malcolm wanted uh, the UN to interfere with right? You know the United States, oh, and right. I wonder if that's ever happened. I don't know. I'll look into it. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there's always this utilization of human rights. Um, well, now it's like got uh, like real kind of imperial connotations because you know the U.S. selectively polices human rights. Like we don't care about Saudi Arabia beheading people, but you know if uh, if Russia imprisons a guy, then we're like really upset. It's more about who's your enemy, who's your friend. Mm. But like you were saying, yeah, Malcolm X had the idea to start going to uh, various African nations, various third world nations, and kind of petition to get a UN investigation on human rights as civil rights or civil rights as human rights saying that by violating the civil rights of black Americans the UN was violating human rights and this is what really actually we know now from memos got him to the attention of the US State Department under Lyndon Johnson and the CIA and the State Department said that Malcolm X had quote effectively renounced his citizenship and was telling the CIA to like look into this guy look into his finances so they were tracking his itinerary tracking his his trip and all that and so so he's buying so much pussy (laughs) (laughs) oh no what do we do oh my god sir he just fucked another white woman sir it's your mother's pussy (laughs) (laughs) he's paying her for the pussy but it's certainly your mother's (laughs) he's paying her kindly they're just outside they're just outside his house eating Chinese food in a van being like oh my god (laughs) she's like oh yeah ah ah <laughs> yeah, the Malcolm XX tapes are too uh like they can't yeah. threaten him with it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's just too good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me I'm better than LBJ. <laughs> <laughs> There's like that one FBI agent who's like way too enthusiastic to get put on the uh, Martin Luther King surveillance detail. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I want to see. <laughs> there was there was something about um JFK as well like a lot of people were jealous of JFK because sure, yeah. a lot of their wives were kind of drawn to JFK because he was smooth right yeah but he was also like he was like a sensitive guy he wrote poetry um, mm-hmm. it was probably bad but he was just like kind of a he was more of like a nicer guy than a lot of the people who get to the highest levels of sure. government you think and business poetry and stuff then like was that. just like 
like Sagalo writing raps now though? Like, do you think he just like? Uh, yeah, it probably wasn't great, but yeah. but but when you no look at- no no, I think Sagalo's raps are great. I mean, do you think writing poetry? Was just because I know my grandfather wrote poetry. And oh, like just, everybody did it. Yeah, was it just yeah. like, what were you going to do? Come here. I, you know, uh, what am I going to read? That's fucking gay. I'm going to write poems. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, they're my own thoughts, not some fucking homos. <laughs> yeah, I don't want yeah, some other dude's yeah. thoughts in my brain. Yo, if you read another man's poetry, you gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dear Martha. Yeah, I only yeah. like my own thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come here, gross. intern. I wrote a poem about how I uh, want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you could just uh, come into the, <laughs> come into the <laughs> Oval Office. <laughs> You remind me of a summer's day <laughs> where we will all be having an orgy together. <laughs> it's just, wow, that's it's so beautiful. It's He's so a, sensitive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I shall never see a, a pussy <laughs> that I, is good to me. Oh, Let's I'm, go. <laughs> you, you, one of you might have an answer to this. So when JFK was assassinated, mm-hmm. Malcolm X said it. Now, I'm going to get the quote wrong, but that's yeah. when the roosters come home to nest I, or the chickens come home to nest, whatever the fuck. He Chicken said, comes home to roost. And then everyone was like, what, you piece of shit? And then he dipped for like, he didn't speak for 90 days. And then he well, came out and made a, uh, and he was like, well, all I was saying was that when the, chi- what is the quote? No, he said, so, yeah, so he said, he said when, when JK was assassinated, he said, this is the chickens coming home to roost because white man's hatred has gotten so bad like they you it's foolish to think i don't i don't know the exact quote i did write it down somewhere and i forgot my Hmm. computer but he was like he was like you can't expect white man's hatred to only extend to like black americans sooner or later they're gonna Uh, start they're gonna start assassinating their own their own people sooner or later they're gonna kill the irish and then they'll start killing white people yeah (laughs) right they're gonna kill the irish work their way up they're gonna kill the irish and the italians yes (laughs) yeah oh okay that's what he meant yeah but so jfk was very uh like he was into having african diplomats like sort of come to washington and then they would come and they couldn't find hotels for them because the hotels were segregated Um, yeah, he was like cool with Patrice Lumumba from the Congo and, uh, yeah. And then they were like, how dare you, you piece of shit. And they were like, there's no hotels. And he's like, I guess you're going to have to stay in the room with me and my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I guess you'll have to. Oh, Patrice Lumumba. (laughs) No, (laughs) I guess I'll have to watch you, uh, have sex with my wife. They're like, damn it. That Jack Kennedy is so smooth. (laughs) How does he do it? He's paying off the, all the hotels to not let back black people in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess you you're JFK. just gonna have to bring that big black cock up here. <laughs> there was actually a, a JJFK Jr. <laughs> <laughs> JJFK Jr. JJ. He'd be like Dynamite. Yeah, dynamite. <laughs> ah, dynamite. Ah, dynamite. My <laughs> my dad got cocked. <sighs> yeah, but uh, anyway. What what do we what do we? Oh we yeah, the uh, the well, you know, it, it's interesting because like the UN thing, we're kind of skipping ahead a little bit. I guess we'll have to continue some of the assassination talk on the Patreon, but um, the yeah, let's just go crazy. Let's just keep talking. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. The uh, well, so the UN that comes after first Malcolm's in the Nation of Islam, and we know now from FBI documents about their program COINTELPRO, which is like a domestic surveillance program, but also a program to disrupt domestic organizations, uh, you know, particularly radicals. They obviously targeted the Black Panthers, the Nation of Islam, um, et cetera, like Students for a Democratic Society, any sort of vaguely leftist organization. Um, But we know now from COINTELPRO that the FBI had an active campaign within the Nation of Islam that particularly ramped up in 1958. J. Edgar Hoover became informed that Malcolm X was going to be the successor to Elijah Muhammad. Because Elijah Muhammad was like old and sick and everybody expected him to die soon. And the FBI was freaked out about this because Malcolm X, as Scott mentioned, was a very charismatic speaker. So they had the idea that, oh, if Elijah dies and Malcolm X takes over, that would be dynamite. That would be very bad. You know, it would become much more dangerous. So the FBI launches an active campaign. And again, you can find this in the documents. Some of them are cited in the James W. Douglas essay that we'll link to. But... The FBI launches a very active campaign to split the Nation of Islam 
to turn Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X against each other. And in fact, we now know that probably how Malcolm X actually found out that Elijah Muhammad was fucking all these secretaries and impregnating all these secretaries was the... Malcolm F- X was or Elijah, Elijah, Muhammad? Elijah Muhammad, Muhammad was? was yeah. And yeah. Malcolm X found out because... Right, because he didn't like that he was doing that. Yes. Yeah. That was part of what contributed to their split. And Malcolm X found out because Elijah or the FBI was spreading that rumor, mm. which would turn out to be true. And they were like kids. They were like, you know, young... Uh, Intern. I mean, it's it, it. Malcolm X realized it was a fucking cult. Is what happened. Yeah, it, is the truth. Is and and you know he the remained what, a Muslim, was a, but no, he realized the nation that, of Islam. Was yeah, a cult. it was a fucking cult. That you know yeah. Elijah Muhammad was fucking running a cult. You're fucking all. It was like mm. six women. He had six different kids with like six kids. Yeah. And, okay, Anthony Cumia. And no, no, is that a problem? No, no. <laughs> no what's so amazing about Malcolm X, and which is so insane, because I didn't know it was the FBI that that helped him realize this is that the FBI had to be like, Malcolm X is such a solid person that if he finds out he this guy's fucking kids, he's going to leave. And he did. He uh-huh. found out he was fucking kids and he dipped. Right. How many people would do that? Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're poised to take over it. When you're poised to take over and you believe in this man. I mean, you, you love this fucking guy, you know? You, you learned so much from him. And he yeah. still owed him, you know, a lot. And he, like, says that. I owe him, you know, every... Because he, he was glad that he was Muslim and shit. Mm-hmm. But that's just so impressive to me that, I don't know, you dip something that's so, like, important to yeah. you yeah. because yeah. someone's doing something that a lot of people are doing at the time. Right. Yeah. Which is fucking 16-year-olds. Yeah, we, we stayed on <laughs> after we found that out about Mike. <laughs> yeah. Like, $800 a month. That's too good to pass up. <laughs> And here's your hush money. <laughs> and what's your Venmo, guys, again? Um, it, it's just pretty yeah. amazing to me that he was some sort of, like, actual good person. But I guess it was very important for him to be, like, upstanding and have yeah. a good image and everything. Oh, he believed yeah. in it all, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's also funny that the FBI told Martin Luther King to kill himself. Like oh, I they, know. I love it. Like they were like a mean girl or yeah, something. Yeah, like the crank phone call. Did you yeah. fucking kill yourself? Yeah. Oh, Martin. That was like one of those Summer Heights High shows or something. Oh, yeah. Fucking kill yourself. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. No, no, nothing. You said just yeah. that line. Yeah, they sent him Black Eyed Peas lyrics. Haters, you should kill yourself. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, and like uh, apparently there was also the FBI sent Elijah Muhammad a fake letter which purport they pretended Malcolm X wrote, basically compla- trashing him for banging secretaries and stuff. And and you know Malcolm did eventually denounce him for that. But it's like the FBI was clearly trying to drive a wedge between them, and they sure. succeeded. And you know there's this guy John Ali or John X, you can look up, who became the National Secretary of the Nation of Islam. And he was identified all the way back in 1963 by this journalist, Louis Lomax. He was identified as an FBI agent. So they had, the FBI had the National Secretary of the Nation of Islam was working with the FBI. Mm. Apparently, uh, at least one of Elijah Muhammad's son, Wallace Muhammad, Mm. was at least an informant cooperating with the FBI. So the FBI had, like, active sources within the nation of islam and they did like push this split to get malcolm x out and eventually have a hit put on malcolm x but they did kind of miscalculate because they thought oh the split will weaken them but what happens was when malcolm splits then he actually becomes more powerful and he starts these like appeals to the un he starts right. getting a lot of international clout and attention yeah. and that's when it like really ramps up like oh we got to have this guy killed yeah it's also one of the first things he says in the book is that like he goes, I am, I've always thought that I was going to die violently and I've done everything I can to prepare Yeah, yeah. Um, for that. Yeah, it's very, it's, uh, cool. it's very ready to die, you know, very Biggie Smalls. For like he just but always knew he was going to die. Sure. Um, I think what he, like three of his uncles were killed, right? His dad was obviously I killed. I think five of his dad's six brothers were, Jeez, that's were what killed it is. by the, by the, the, uh, B-Squad, KKK, yeah, whoever, whoever yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, but you it's, know, it, it's yeah, fu- that's it's actually funny one to, of my favorite... It's, it's funny to hear that when his. you know that that happened to him. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's insane. I know, and he talks about, like, how his mother would have kind of visions where she would know when something bad was going to happen, and he knew. And mm-hmm. It's kind of why he lived this honest life, like it was the only way to live. And Yeah. Yeah. Bad Much better than that nerd Lo- Martin Luther King. No, huh? I love Martin. I know. So like Martin Luther King isn't yeah, yeah. as much of a nerd as like we also remember no, him as no. too. You know. Wait, what? 
No, I think the world looks at... I was at, joking. Oh, no, but I think the world does look at Martin Luther King as sort of as like... As a nerd. Yeah, as like a sweet... Like, he's the sweetest guy ever, and he was yeah. just like, please do peace. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, shit hit the fan. He had to, like, roll up his sleeve sometimes. Right, you know? right. Um, just like Malcolm X was at this, like, super extremist this all the is time. Martin Luther King's last words, like, tell them I got pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them thinking I'm some kind of nerd. But, you know, so, okay, so, like, the feds... Did clash with um, uh, Martin Luther King a lot, though. Who? Malcolm X. They're, they're oh, their... yeah. Well, Malcolm X, was, like, would call him a bitch a lot. Yeah. Sure. There, were, I don't see a lot of Martin Luther King shitting on Malcolm X. Like, I've never seen it. Yeah. But Malcolm X would often, yeah, kind of... Uh, you know, field house it, and and you know he'd have talks about him for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, and I, you can't disagree with certain things he's saying. It's like, how can we talk to these people? How can we, you know, how can we ask? Oh, please let us sit with you. Mm-hmm. It's like this is our fucking human right. Why right, is this right, a discussion? Right. It's right, like right, right. it's so infuriating. You go, how weren't there? Like how how were they not rioting more? Yeah, um, because it's so obvious what it should be. Yeah. And so kudos to, you know, the real thing we should be giving Martin Luther King credit for is treating white people like fucking puppies. Right. And while we're pissing and shitting and him yeah. being like, you know, please stop biting me. Please stop, bite, you know, mm-hmm. please stop nipping at me. And like, finally, we're like, oh, we get it. Black people are li- are people, too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, good boy. Finally. Yeah. Well, Malcolm is like, the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. You don't yeah, bite yeah. me, bad dog. Yeah, and yeah. we're going, Jesus Christ, he's abusing animals. No, you're fucking biting us, you know? Right. Maybe that's an analogy. I don't know. No, it's mm-hmm. a good analogy. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> he really did treat white people like they were puppies. Puppies. He was so sweet yeah. to them. Yeah. Like, we were such pieces of shit to them, and he was just like, okay. Yeah. The gentleness. That's what, you know, I guess he is given credit for that. But mm-hmm. I think with that credit should also be how retarded white people were, you know? Mm-hmm. So Scott, are you raising your dog more like Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, dude! I really am raising uh, raising her like uh, Martin Luther Martin King, King, man. Yeah. Martin Luther King style. Oh, Martin Luther King style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just try to visit like Martin, bringing his preacher Martin, buddies home. Martin, fuck Martin, his Martin dog. Luther King style dog training. Dog training. <laughs> <laughs> I just like just Sorry. very sweet to that's them. Before you spill water, should be fine. Yeah, that's fine, uh, right? All right. All right. How do we, we figure, figure that out? out? Yeah, it was a water spill. Where were we? Uh, Malcolm X. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then, oh, so so yeah, I have a question though, right? Mm-hmm. Because I agree with you that uh, that that the Fed, you know, the CIA, whoever the fuck it, had, they assisted in killing him. Mm-hmm. But the nation also assisted in killing him. Like it is a tale of a possible team up. Like, is that an option? Because yeah. they tried to, the nation tried to burn his fucking house down. I mean, Malcolm knew it was them, and so you can say, "Oh, you know, um, we we split them apart." But it's like we split them apart, and then they tried to burn his house down, and he's got kids that could have been in it. You know, like that's the nation doing that, right? Mm. But it's you know they're using the nation as a proxy, just like they use the mafia or they use Cuban exiles or whatever. Right. So it's like the FBI agents within the FBI informants within the nation, they would, of course, know about all the assassination plots and they would want them to go forward. And, and they would push them forward. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, Malcolm X was poisoned when he was in Cairo in 1964. Um, and, you know, Malcolm X actually wrote about it in a letter to a friend, uh, which, I mean, I can quote Just from. About but the bubble guts he got? <laughs> well, the point is he was poisoned by a guy. He recognized the waiter from New York. Like, he had seen the waiter in New York before. Huh. He realized that later. And uh, he was poisoned, and he was able to make it to the hospital in time to have his stomach pumped. Otherwise, he would have been dead. Mm. And he, he wrote in this letter to, the, to his friend that essentially the black Muslims don't have the resources to have that kind of global intelligence networks. Yeah, he said, I know that our Muslims don't have the resources to finance a worldwide spy network. Mm. So it's like, yeah, if somebody's poisoning him in Cairo, well, that's not the nation of islam that's probably the cia um and you know even with the firebombing like apparently all the cops would just come out and said that the nypd said that he firebombed his own house to get attention mm-hmm. and apparently a firefighter planted like a like unexploded molotov cocktail or something in the house which betty shabazz's wife found and then they had some quote about well we knew that this wasn't just the muslims because they 
it would have had to be a cop or a firefighter who would have planted that. Hmm. Um, so it's like... It's, it's just the world right. working against Right, it's Matt. like, you know... Right. Sort of Malcolm in the middle. Yes. Sure, yeah. Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, it's like, yes, if you want to be literal, yeah. It was the Nation of Islam. There were five people there, and they pulled three of them pulled the trigger and killed them. It was Nation of Islam. However, they were very much used willingly as a proxy by FBI, CIA, well, Especially NYPD. those three... Those three guys who did it, um, which two of them were exonerated, right? Because of information, not even so much, oh, they didn't shoot. It's just based on the fact that no one, like the cops, you know, lied about a lot of shit and the FBI lied, lied about a lot of shit. Uh, we cannot say that they were given a fair trial, basically, right? Right. Well, yeah, they, they, uh, there was one guy, one of the shooters, who's the only actual person who did time, because he was shot in the foot and he was apprehended at the scene, and the other four all got away, and then they stitched up like two innocent Nation of Islam members who were not even there at the time, and they served like 20-plus years, and they were only exonerated in 2021. Jeez. Um, but Do you think the people who shot him could have been informants? Yeah, I would imagine so. Like, there's a report of uh, John Ollie or John X meeting with one of the shooters, like, immediately before the murder. Mm. Um, it's in the James W. Douglas essay. Mm -hmm. mm. I guess there's a lot of secrets, but there's no mysteries. Hmm. But yeah, it's like the main role of like NYPD. Because <laughs> um, these things are secret, but it's pretty, I guess it's like obvious. These assassinations, it's pretty obvious who oh, did yeah. them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The main role of NYPD yeah. was, you know, Malcolm X was assassinated in Harlem. They just made sure there was zero security there. Mm -hmm. Like, and, you know, for whatever reason, Malcolm made a decision not to search people for weapons before they came in because he didn't want to. I guess, disturb people or whatever else. Mm -hmm. So it's like they were able to bring their guns in. The plan mm -hmm. was if they search, if they pat down, we're just going to turn around. But they I were, heard it's because he believed in the Second Amendment. Yeah. And he said, bring in your guns. Right. But there was like zero NYPD security. And Malcolm X like complained to Alex Haley, you know, the guy he co-wrote the autobiography with. And Alex Haley heard this from other people that Malcolm was making appeals to the NYPD for security and he had worked with, you know, Chicago PD had done security for him. Like he wanted security. And then the NYPD later would just lie and say like, Oh, we made three tries to people close to Malcolm. They never reveal who these people are. Mm -hmm. And they all said no. And it's like, no, they're just lying. Mm -hmm. It was very much, uh, the police's role is just like, let's make sure there's an open goal. And then the nation of Islam that, you know, these FBI informants have like very methodically, got whipped up against Malcolm is allowed to go in and kill. And then four of the five people who do the killing never served a day in jail. Right. Do you think the people who did the killing, did you, you don't think they knew they were working with the FBI or maybe they did? They probably didn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, yeah, like, cause they were working hard on sort of building those riffs, I guess. Yeah. The, uh, the only shooter. So basically when I'm saying there's like five shooters and all this, this all comes from, uh, the one shooter that I mentioned, Thomas Hagen, mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Hagen, was again, like the one shooter who we actually know shot Malcolm, who was apprehended at the scene. And then in 1978, he, uh, gives uh, a sworn confession, um, in, in the service of trying to get those other two guys exonerated. And also they were, the house select assassination committee was in session at the time. They were trying to add Malcolm X to the investigation to it. But basically he gives a sworn statement, which you can read online that says I was approached in a car by two other nation of Islam members from the Newark mosque in New Jersey. And, uh, they said, you know, oh boy, they were talking about the assassination of Malcolm X. You know, at this point, Elijah Muhammad had denounced him. John Ali had denounced him on radio. Louis Farrakhan had denounced Malcolm X. So, and, you know, they denounced him in very explicit language, saying, like, you know, if you... Uh, I think Louis Farrakhan had a quote, something like, uh, the, the white men who killed Kennedy, it shows that there were men who hated him so much they would kill him, but there were also men who loved him so much they would kill for him. And the same thing is true with Elijah Muhammad. Those who stand against him will learn, you know, or something like that. Uh -huh. But anyways, the point is, like... By this Damn, point, I thought we liked Farrakhan on this podcast. Well, yeah, I mean Farrakhan has this like 
he's always been very evasive on it, but in a, uh-huh. uh, in a 1993 speech, Louis Farrakhan said, quote, and if we dealt with him like a nation deals with a traitor, what the hell business is it of yours right. about Malcolm X? So it's like, well, that's, you know, sometimes you get so whipped up in speaking that you confess to an assassination plot. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know uh, sometimes you're killing so bad and you just have to confess <laughs> crimes on stage. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I might be getting, is it Midnight Run with uh, with De Niro and... Um, Charles Grodin. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's, you know how everybody wants to get to Grodin in that movie? Spoiler, if anybody, sure. you know, if you haven't seen it. But uh, it's like the mafia wants to kill him. The fucking FBI wants to get him. This fucking uh, random bullshit cop wants to get him. That's what it's like every day for Malcolm X. It's like, who's going to get to kill him? And so to, it was them that day. Hmm. But they all helped each other. Right. Yeah, there were a bunch of different assassination plots and attempts against Malcolm. But it was ultimately uh, this group, the five uh, nation members in Newark, realized like, oh, we couldn't get at his home but we can get him at this speech and they, you know, scoped it out and they realized people weren't being checked for weapons and there was no NYPD security. So and yeah. they get your hands out of my pocket. That's, yeah. What, what does that mean? It was a distraction. So he was going to pretend. Oh, oh, that's all it was. Pretend to get pickpocketed. Then somebody threw a smoke. Then one of them threw a smoke grenade. Then the other three shoot him. One with a shotgun, two with pistols. Okay. I thought it was something he was saying at Malcolm, and I always wondered what that meant. I was like, was he? A- he wasn't asking for anybody's money at the time. No, they were just creating a diversion. Just a I think. Diversion. Yeah. Get your hand out of my pocket. Yeah. But um, well. I mean, the last thing I wanted to mention though is just like the FBI and the COINTELPRO with the Nation of Islam. I just think it's very fascinating where it's like none of this ever went away. And there was a story today in the Daily Beast by Kelly Wheel how an FBI informant derailed Denver's Black Lives Matter movement. And this is from the podcast, The Alphabet Boy or Alphabet Boys. Yeah, what are they doing? It's like they have a chance to not to be, you know, to like fix their image, to be a little, uh, to be cool, be the cool agency. Yeah, but basically this, uh, the Denver area Black Lives Matter protests were infiltrated by an FBI informant named uh, Mickey Windecker. Uh, he like pushed one of the Black Lives Matter people to buy a gun for him, even though he's a felon. Mm-hmm. It's called a straw purchase. Like, do not do that. So, of course, that guy gets sent to prison. Mm-hmm. He apparently was like leading. It was probably like a well-meaning white guy like me. Like, oh, oh, sure, brother. You need a gun? <laughs> you got it, pal. He was like inflaming otherwise peaceful protests, encouraging people to break windows, leading mm-hmm. marchers directly into police traps. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Alphabet Boys podcast found out that Windecker made more than $20,000 working for the FBI during the summer of 2020. Jesus. Um, How is this not a bigger story? Right. I mean, it just came out, but it's it's like... Again, that's like the post nine eleven informant budget. You can get twenty thousand uh, working part time, just making Black Lives Matter Look protesters, bad. yeah, yeah, break windows, yeah, you know. Um, but it's like that's the thing; it, it just never stopped. This kind yeah. of COINTELPRO, any right. organization that gets powerful that or that looks like it might be a threat to the state, like they will send. I mean, they have billions of dollars. What yeah. else are they going to do with it? They will send informants yeah. in to gather information, but also to disrupt. And, you know, it's like the same playbook with the Panthers, the Nation of Islam. They're still doing it. Yeah, wasn't there a guy in 2020 who was like, uh, he was holding an umbrella and he, he was on video like breaking shop windows? Oh, yeah, windows. That, was, that was like right at the top of it, right? Once the shit started. Right after the, like, yeah. Who is this mysterious man with an umbrella? Yeah. Just, he like worked for a police department. He was like a cop somewhere, yeah. I thought, right? Yeah. Jerk-offs. Yeah. And they were asking them to stop, they just, right? They're just writing Black's Rule in all the targets. <laughs> That's their... Bart Simpson but ass. Yeah. But I guess that is part of it. They have to make the left look uh, crazy. Yeah, and crazy you know, unhinged. like, to be fair, they do this, the FBI does the same thing with the Proud Boys. Like, all these, orga- uh-huh. not just on the left, organizations on the right are heavily infiltrated, and agent provocateurs, mm-hmm. like, you know, the FBI, like that so-called right-wing plot to kidnap and murder Governor Whitmer in mm-hmm. Michigan, that was all just FBI informants all the way down. Really? So it's like, you know, they just kind of create this shit to justify their own existence. Right. But also to make sure any stat- any threat to the status quo is not allowed to congeal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's just kind of, I mean, it's kind of crazy to me that it, Maybe there was a beef, brief period where they kind of laid off for a bit after Watergate and the church committee, uh-huh. but it, we're we're full steam ahead. We're back. We're worse than we were in the 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 
post 9-11, like a lot of Americans don't understand. It's the when we talk about Malcolm X and, you know, Martin Luther King getting harassed by the FBI, people think, oh, we've come so far. No, we've we've regressed and we're worse now. You have less rights. If if you are really a threat to the government in a post Patriot Act world, you have less rights than Malcolm X or Martin Luther King did. They will frame you. They will kill you. Like if you are a problem, they will figure out how to take care of it. Yeah. And it's not to say they're unbeatable, but you should just understand what you are up against. This is a very powerful, very dangerous, and very evil state, sure. the national security state. Sure. But you can fight the government by going to patreon.com slash outforsmokespod, kicking us a few bucks, help us do the brave work that we're doing. Uh, we're talking about um, you know, bra- our favorite civil rights leaders. They're trying to silence us, I'm pretty sure. Malcolm, a through Z. Um, I had a TikTok video get taken down yesterday. They removed the sound. Uh, wow, very, why very is upsetting. This? I posted a joke about school shootings. Oh, it's and, fucking um, on, China. Yeah. What did they so. want? If, if it was true uh-huh. that China wants us to be dumb through TikTok, wouldn't they let that be put out? Wouldn't they let more of my stand up? Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't they, they let, let you <laughs> be number one trending? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you just don't get it. Yeah. Even the CCP is like, we don't want to undermine America that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Whoa, did, what did I spill? Oh, okay, nothing. Yeah. Thought we were all spilling stuff. If yeah. you're a federal government agency and your agent provocateur has been exposed for uh, child porn crimes and uh, Daily Beast, and you have an extra 20000 kick it our way. We'll undermine the yeah, left Yeah, kick it our way. We'll say whatever you want. We'll say that the left doesn't understand comedy. Uh, we'll say that Will Menneker called me a wop at, his, at my barbecue one time under his breath. Anything, <laughs> anything you want us to say, we are we are up for the Out for Smokes podcast is out for sale, folks. Um, but uh, until then, Patreon.com slash Out for Smokes pod. Thanks for listening, guys. Happy Black History Month. Enjoy oh, yeah. yourselves. We'll continue some Malcolm X stuff on the yeah, Patreon. We'll we, got a, we got a bit more. We'll talk some more on the Patreon. But until uh, then, Malcolm Jamal Warner, Malcolm. Malcolm Gladwell. That's it. Oh, okay. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. Malcolm. That's about Malcolm, it. Malcolm. Uh, Find out more on the Patreon. We're going to Google. Mal- John Mulaney's kid is named Malcolm. Ew. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. See you on Patreon. Bye-bye. <laughs>